The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Accident Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Accident Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Accunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Accunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And a very pleasant Sunday, everyone. Welcome to the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Mark Sinkrest, along with Accunate Mortgage and Accunate Realty Advisors, owner Brian Wickert, and Chief Millennial Loan Consultant David Wickert. Now, as always, if you have a question or comment, give us a call or text us on the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The number is 414-799-1620. Guys, always a pleasure spending Sundays with you. How are you doing today? We are doing just fine and dandy here on this uh, first Sunday in November. And uh, all right, so I want to start out giving people an update on my mm, secret shopping experience. Sounds like spring break for the Wickard family if you're buying a second home in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we spent uh, a couple weeks down there last uh, spring break, and I like it. It's kind of, you know, Imagine that or that. Florida. I'm kind of yeah. grooving on the Arizona. And we do not lend in Arizona, so... Two weeks ago, I decided I got to find out about this. What sounds to me as a mortgage banker, a too good to be true offer that uh, Jay, the CEO of the nation's largest mortgage lender, Schmicken, the guys at the rocket is out there touting, hey, we will lock in your interest rate because rates are going up, right? So tell you what, we have got a smoking hot deal. You can lock in a rate while you shop for a home for up to 90 days. Yeah. And then once you get a home under contract, we'll give you that originally 90-day locked-in rate or the then lower rate if rates happen to have come down. Right. So I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what the rest of the story is. So I went online on October 21st, applied online. I did not get approved in eight minutes. Uh, and I knew I wasn't going to because I'm self-employed and there's not a good way yet for lenders to automatically check your income mm -hmm. when you're self-employed. Okay. But here's the big aha. I believe it was a, oh, by the way. Oh, by the one way. One last thing. This was one hour into my chat session with the power banker loan officer. Mm. They said, oh, by the way, the last thing we'll need to do to lock in your super duper rate of five and a quarter mm -hmm. is your above get, market rate above yeah the above market rate is a, to collect a five hundred dollar deposit to which i said what what the five hundred dollar deposit yeah where was that in the radio ad or the tv ad or actually on your website that describes mm -hmm. this uh, lock it, now while you shop it wasn't it wasn't anywhere yeah so i think that's a little schneidy so that was the big aha uh the other thing that is true is is i could not uh, they could not automatically fetch my bank statements. I was all ready to put in my user ID and password. I'm kind of comfortable with that now. We made fun of that a year ago. Sure. But now I'm kind of, you know, oh, okay, that's cool. Couldn't do it because I'm with a Wisconsin bank, mm -hmm. and they only offer that service through the Rocket platform if you're with one of the big, you know, national banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, you know, mm -hmm. BMO Harris, something like that. Did not offer that for me. So I had to upload my... Uh, bank statements. But then the other kicker was when I got my documents, <clears throat> by the way, they quoted me in the chat session, and you've seen this, David. I yeah. mentioned it last week. I said, so for this smoking hot, just kidding, five and a quarter rate you're offering me, what are the points and closing costs? And they said, oh, the only costs are 
their lender costs that are this is in addition to you know appraisal and title and closing eleven hundred and fifty dollars that's eight hundred bucks for processing Mm. and three hundred and fifty dollars for underwriting so that's just eleven hundred and fifty dollars david what are acunet's processing and underwriting fees zero zero then when i got my disclosures surprise there's another 525 bucks on there so really all more than what you were expecting that's right that's Mm. right and uh, so the total closing cost for that smoking hot five and a quarter was four thousand two hundred and forty three dollars and it turns out that you know on the same day if we were able to lend in arizona acunet's rate would have been three a lower at 4.875 not for me the owner of the company but anybody who yeah. would have been you know applying with us and we could have afforded to pay all the title and closing costs wow so the apr is the same too that's right so we would have been able to really save a person money and yet they are getting a lot of business because people love the idea of you know click button get mortgage mm. But it's really expensive. So that's one thing. Then we saw a study, David, from the Stratmore Group talking about document checklists. What did that study say last week? Well, that satisfaction uh, plummets when you, A, don't provide a document checklist, and then, B, the ultimate sin of sins, ask more than once for the same thing. The the satisfaction cuts in half when you have to ask twice. Well, I am living that Mm. in my experience right now with Schmicken. Because you log into their system and they have your to-do list. Mm. So yesterday when I logged in, it said, hey, man, uh, you need to upload some more asset statements because you do not have enough money for reserve. So this is... Do you need me to borrow you some money, Dad? Or I, you... need, I need to okay. lend. You need to lend I need money. to lend you some money? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. But, but the bank statements that I had uploaded earlier in the week had plenty of money for both the down payment mm. and like way more than reserve. So I typed a note and said, hey, dude, you already have that. Yeah miraculously that came off my list when I logged in this morning mm. but there was a new request upload your w2 that wasn't on the initial list well no 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 it wasn't on the initial list but then it appeared Later. back on the 27th oh. remember I started on the 21st yeah. I, I went back because I have a catalog in their cool system I uploaded my w2 on the 27th I then re-uploaded it on the 30th this is the third time now I've been asked to upload my w2 hmm on top of that, and then I'll stop, uh, they say on their website, hey, once you've uploaded everything we need, we will get you a fully verified pre-approval within 24 hours. Ask me when I uploaded my last document mm, that they needed. Three days ago? That's right, October 30th, Halloween Eve. So it's been Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I still don't have my approval. And the reason is because I was dragging my feet on giving them the $500 deposit, yeah. which they claimed was only related to the rate lock. But I think it was really also related to them submitting my loan for underwriting approval. They were kind of like holding mm. that hostage. So, so there you go, folks. If it sounds too good too to good be to be true. true. Yeah, probably, probably is. We're oh. not going to follow in that lock while you shop thing anytime soon, because okay. it results in a crummy rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and rates aren't going up that fast, although they did go up a little bit. All right. When we come back, let's let us talk about where rates are and why it all has to do with the smoking hot jobs report that just came out on friday we'll cover that when we come back okay and you're listening to the accurate mortgage and realty show right here on wtmj home buying advice from the guys who know it best this is the accurate mortgage and realty show with brian wickard on wtmj 
You know, you can listen to the news, the latest weather, Packers news, and many of our favorite show podcasts on Alexa device. Simply say, Alexa, open WTMJ to get the full list of podcasts or to listen live on Alexa. WTMJ News Time is 1018. And Brian and David, I think now we're going to rates. Am I correct? You are correct. Interest rates and the why. And so it's been an interesting couple of weeks. You know, um, last week was the week, no, the week before last was the one where the stock market was getting hammered. And most of the month of October. Most of the month of October. Okay. But normally that has a significantly good impact on mortgage rates, but it didn't really. It just kind of made them a little better. And now this past week, the stock market kind of came back part of the way. Um, but then on Friday, we got the monthly jobs report. And so here's the story on that. The headline numbers were that the unemployment rate stayed the same at an amazingly low 3.7%, the lowest unemployment rate since 1969, Yeah, when I was eight years old. And that 250,000 new jobs were created. By the way, that new jobs number comes from companies reporting in their payroll numbers. The unemployment rate comes from a survey that the Bureau of Labor Statistics does by phone. And the the real thing that scared interest rates, however, I think, was the 3.1% year-over-year wage growth. David, why did that scare the interest rate markets? Well, it means that people can afford to pay more for borrowed money because they're getting paid more at their jobs. And labor is a component of all prices. That's true. Of things that get manufactured or services that are provided. And so the thought is that, oh, if people are getting paid more, they're buying more, that's a demand thing. Oh, plus they're costing more when you put that into the equation of how much things cost. There was also a big article earlier in the week in the Wall Street Journal about how uh, McDonald's and lots, lots, lots of companies are raising prices. What is that called when prices go up? Inflation. Inflation in the nation. That's right. And so when when prices of things go up, that scares interest rate people mm-hmm. because if I'm charging, you know, if 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 I'm investing in a ten-year Treasury bond at three point one percent, and inflation all of a sudden goes to four you are underwater on the cost of money yeah i am losing money right because if as an investor you have to think about what am i getting as a rate of return after factoring in inflation well because you're saying what is the cost of eggs going to be in 10 years that's right or in three years or in five all right so that's the it's that wage inflation that really spooked the interest rate markets and so david do you have a little update on your yeah. interest rates i was just are? looking uh the unemployment rate in october of 09 10 percent Come along. Wow. Uh, close of business on Friday, 4.99% on a 30 year fixed uh, with 25% equity and all the other right stuff would run you $1,400 in cost. Mm. The APR is 505. Okay. Um, five year arm, 4.5%. APR is 5.08. And that's just $500 in cost if you kind of think, I'm not going to be in this house for very long. Maybe you okay. just moved a uh, corporate job or something like that. But again, People buy homes for personal reasons. That's right. Honey, we have a third kid and only two bedrooms. That's right. We need a bigger house. Chances, David, of the Fed hiking rates in December, that's on the short end of the scale. Uh, 79%. 79%, right. So then it dropped down to 77%. They're meeting meeting this Thursday, so it's probably going to cement. They're going to telegraph 
what their plans are in December. Yeah, that, that'll be going up. And so that means that the rate on your home equity line of credit will once again be going up. Um, so if you've been dragging your feet on, yeah, like, boy, that 5.25 I'm paying or 5.75 on my home equity line of credit, that isn't going down anytime soon. No. That's going to be going up. And we still are helping a lot of people refinance. Yeah. Um, a popular reason or kind of a compulsory reason to refinance is a divorce. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, next up after this break, I would like to talk about our septic system story because from you know, the front lines. Yeah, when you are buying out here in you know the not city out here in Waukesha County or Washington, a lot of properties have septic systems and so let's talk about some of those details when we come back and you're listening to the accident mortgage and realty show on wtmj getting you into the home of your dreams here's more of the acunet mortgage and realty show with brian wickard on wtmj the midterm elections now just three days away john mccure tells us what you need to know before heading out to the polls during our wisconsin votes special here at this morning Coming up at 11 o'clock on WTMJ. All right, guys, need to know a few things now about septic systems in real estate. Mm. Yeah, you know, a septic system is like one of those things you take for granted. And they are kind of miraculous. When when Becky and I bought our house out here on the lake, uh, sure enough, you know, it's a property that has a well and a septic system. And the septic system, the old septic system, was between the house and the lake. Hmm. Well, whenever you buy a home in Wisconsin that has a septic system and or a well, there is a special uh, section in Addendum A that you should really check the box that says, hey, my offer to buy your house is subject to a septic inspection showing that the current system is up to code Mm -hmm. as to when that system was installed okay so it doesn't have to meet the current code but up to code from when the system was installed well ours failed and by the way that test is almost always paid for by the seller and it typically has to be done within 30 days of closing or 15 days or something like that so your mother and i david got a new septic system Mm. paid for by the seller because once a septic system fails um, you know, the seller's kind of in a pickle. It's like it's not going to get better for the next buyer. Correct. You know, so you uh, got to fix it. it. Yeah. Now, a lot of sellers will try to say, well, hey, um, would you like to help with the cost of the new septic system? Because you're going to get a brand new septic system. Mm. But that's not the way buyers think. They're thinking, no, uh, when I made the offer on this house, I assumed it had a functioning septic system. And now it turns out it doesn't. So that's on you. So that's the most common thing. Um, same thing with a well, by the way. And so in this particular case that I want to mention, it is also a lake property. And just like your mother and my situation, the current um, septic system is located between the house and the lake. Can't they just put a new one in? No, David, because that is not allowed. What? You cannot. Yeah. Come on. You're playing dumb. You're not that dumb. I know. You cannot have your septic field between the house and the lake because the new thinking is that's a little too close to the lake we don't want your things that go into a septic system leaching into the lake so put it in back of the house good verb in our case for our house there's plenty of room to put in a new septic system because we have a really big lot in the backyard yeah but this uh in this particular situation there's not oh 
And so it appears that they're going to have to put in a septic holding tank. Uh, but here's here's the thing that's interesting that you got to remember. And I just passed my continuing education uh, courses Stuff. for renewing my real estate broker's license. Oh. But uh, it, it's it's like a dance. Hey, now that you found out that there's a defect with the septic system, now all of a sudden the buyer has the right to take the red hanky out of their back pocket, like in the NFL, and throw the flag and say, there is a defect. And then you got to look at the contract and says, okay, what happens next? Right. Well, what happens next is that in this particular case, the seller has the right to cure the defect. Hmm. Hmm. But if you read onward, it says, hey, um, you, the only way to cure a septic defect is if you can put in a, the same system. Can't well, do that. That's not happening. Yeah. So they're going to go to the amendment. They're going to have to do an amendment to figure this out if they want to continue toward closing. Right? Well, you, when to. you were telling me this story, it was it was an emotional piece as well as a negotiation piece. Well, correct, because when, when you find out that there's something wrong with a property, then you remember the other things that are wrong, and it kind of... One big ball of string. One big ball. Ah, maybe we shouldn't I don't buy like this the property. color of the something. Yeah, yeah. But then, then it kind of comes back and like, well, maybe we do still want it. But here's the very interesting thing that I want to make before the news, point that I want to make before the news. Prior to the bad septic inspection coming yeah. up, yeah. there was no worry or care about the old septic system being in a no longer allowed spot, mm. meaning between the house and the lake. And so I think the real takeaway here, or, you know, for people listening is if you're buying a property and it's on a lake and the old septic system is in a no longer allowable spot, even if it's functioning, yeah. you should really be thinking about what am I going to do? What are my options when this old system eventually fails? Because it's not an if question, it's a when. And so I think that's just really interesting that people assume human nature is everything's fine. Mm -hmm. If they tell me the septic system is fine, it's even fine. though it's in a bad spot, yeah. it's going to be fine forever. Well, it's not. And you should really think about that when you're especially buying lake property. All right. When we come back after the news, let's talk about our uh, divorce situation because mm -hmm. that's uh, so common. We'll get to that right after this. All right, WTMJ News Time 1030. Time to check in now with the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Once again, Rusty Milberg. Thank you, Mark. An inmate who walked away from a work release site in Racine has been found. 41-year-old Kevin Curry did not return to the minimum security Stewartvent Transitional Facility Friday evening, but he was taken back into custody by Saturday evening. A police spokesman in Tallahassee won't confirm or deny the existence of racist or misogynist YouTube videos that appear to be by the man who shot and killed two people in a Tallahassee yoga studio, then killed himself. But the man looks like Scott Paul Beerley, and biographical details in the 2014 videos match. In the videos, the man criticized how black people dress and speak and call women who date black men whores. He ranted about women who he said caused him to become a misogynist. The Bucks announcing moments ago that they have recalled Sterling Brown to their roster today. Brown played with the Wisconsin Herd in Saturday night's victory in, Hosh in Oshkosh. And there are reports the Brewers will hire Andy Haynes as their new hitting coach, replacing Darnell Coles, but the team has not confirmed this. WTMJ, Pella, WI.com, time saver traffic. No incidents or delays, but have a good grip on that steering wheel due to strong winds today. Your travel times, 94 inbound from Highway 16 to the Marquette is 18 minutes. 45 southbound from Good Hope Road to the Zoo is a 9-minute travel time. 43 inbound from Brown Deer Road to the Marquette Interchange, 10 minutes. And 94 inbound from Layton Avenue to the Marquette, a 7-minute travel time.
The WTMJ five-day forecast, a wind advisory in effect until 6 p.m. for the counties along Lake Michigan. Showers likely today and those winds gusting over 30 miles per hour, highs around 50. Showers ending, winds dying down tonight, lows around 43. For Monday, mostly cloudy, highs of 52. Election Day Tuesday, windy with heavy rain at times, highs around 50. And for Wednesday, partly sunny and breezy, highs around 42. In Kenosha, it's 51. In Menominee Falls, 47. And in Milwaukee, it's 47 degrees. I'm Rusty Melberg, News Radio, WTMJ. Two guys that love talking pigskin. Evaluate some of the players that may or may not be on this team going forward. Yeah, you know, this is a pretty important week here. Steve Scafidi and Greg Matzik go all things Packers. It's Jair Alexander, the rookie. Tomorrow morning at 835. Jones up the middle. Monday morning quarterbacks presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. We're the home of the Green Bay Packers since 1929. WTMJ. Hey, John Mercure here. If you want safer, softer water throughout your home, you need to do what I did. Go with Culligan. Hard water, it's hard on your skin, it's hard on your hair, and even your home's appliances. And the solution, it's not better shampoo or cleaners, it's better water. That's where Culligan comes in. They have the world's most efficient water softener, saving salt, water, and electricity, saving you money. Go to CulliganMilwaukee.com and call your local Culligan man today. They'll find a solution that's right for you. They protect the water in my house. They're Culligan. The holidays are here, so be careful with your holiday cooking. Grease and oils put a real strain on drains, pipes, and garbage disposals and are more likely to collect and clog when your plumbing is colder. If you have problems this year, make one quick call to Oak Creek Plumbing Kitchens and Baths. And remember, we do much more than plumbing service. We can take care of your old worn-out bathtub with our luxury bath system all within a day. I'm Dan Callies, and from my family to yours, we wish you a safe and happy holiday season. Call or stop by our showroom today or visit us online at oakcreekplumbing.com. Oak Creek Plumbing does it all. Hey, Ben. How's it going? Hashtag fine, Arvid. Hashtag how are you? Why are you speaking in hashtags? Hashtag, it's what the cool kids are doing, Nicole. Remember when a hashtag was a number sign? Remember when post was something you found on a bed? Like the four-post bed in the Legends Bedroom Collection at Penny Mustard. Hashtag, that bedroom is lit. You'll want to post about the Legends Bedroom. It'll get lots of likes. Hashtag clickbait. The Legends Bedroom is our contemporary take on the classic four-post bed. Sophisticrafted with solid wood side rails. Forever tight bed brackets. Hashtag drawer bottoms you can stand on. And your choice of wood, stain, and finish. The Legends Bedroom is sure to go viral. Hashtag, hashtag. What? I ran out of hashtags. The Legends Bedroom with queen post bed, seven drawer dresser, hanging mirror, and one drawer nightstand. Starting at just 6904 at Penny Mustard. With showrooms in Milwaukee and Chicago. PennyMustard.com. Better versions of what people want. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, we are back. You know, it's Rodgers versus Brady. The Packers head to Massachusetts to battle the Patriots. So how will they fare on Sunday night football? Wayne Larravee joins Gene Miller for a game wrap-up. That's Monday morning at 7.51 right here on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ News time is 10.35. We're back. And, guys, we're going to talk about uh, some helpful advice for uh, couples going through a divorce, huh? Yes, David. Well, I was just going to say, because there are, there are three phases of divorce when, wow. when it comes to mortgage guys. There's before divorce, during divorce, and after divorce. And we so, might even say it's after marital settlement agreement. Okay. Okay, because really, we're money guys. Yeah. 
So what we really care about is, have you worked out the money arrangement between each other? The liabilities. Mostly the liabilities, but also possibly the income. Okay. But mainly the liabilities. You're correct. So in this particular case, got a call from a past customer, and this is very common. We're really good at helping people navigate the mortgage part of divorces because we've done it a lot. Mm -hmm. And so a, a common goal of folks going through divorces, if they have children, is, well, I'd like my child, and in this case, there's only one child, to be able to continue to live in the former marital property. So that's one common thing. Another common thing is that um, during the divorce process, usually uh, you say, okay, somebody's going to get the old house and own it, but then they have to refinance if both the husband and the wife were on the note to pay back the money. Mm -hmm you got to refinance to take off the person who's not going to be the owner anymore. All right, well, that presents a problem in many situations, including this one, because it would be the wife who would continue living in the home. In your situation? With the child, in my situation. But the problem is she doesn't work. Mm. Oh, well, no problem. She's going to get maintenance and child support from the ex-husband. But what's the kicker on that, David? You have to have received that for six months before we can point to it as income. That's right. That's right. And then you also, in a divorce, you have to consider the equity that is trapped mm. inside that house. So that's part of the calculation of how are we going to divide up the equity in all of our assets. So in this particular case, if the wife wanted to refinance and maintain ownership of the home, mm -hmm. she would have to have received maintenance and child support payments for six months in a row on a timely basis to count that as stable income. And then we got to make sure that that income is sufficient to um, handle the to principal interest, the debt. Yeah, taxes and insurance and any other debts that she might be assigned in the divorce process. So we got to talking about that because they have other rental properties, okay, as well. And so an idea I put out there, and I, th I think it could work if the parties wanted to, is they could just kick the can down the road and say, we are not going to deal, we're going to continue to co-own and both be responsible for the mortgage mm -hmm. on the marital home until our daughter graduates from high school, which I think is like in six or five years. Okay. So if the parties agree to that, I don't think there's anything stopping that from happening. You're just kicking that can down the road, and then you'd have to also uh, anticipate in the agreement, well, what's going to happen when we do eventually sell? Are we going to split the equity then, or is all the equity going to go to the why for what's the formula because you can square the 50 50 without having to tap into the equity of the home possibly you just did that on the other divorce situation we talked about two weeks ago that's correct that's correct so you can there's a lot of different ways this can get but again the parties have to be agreeable to mm, this so this yes. idea of kicking the disposition of the marital home six years down into the future <laughs> is subject to negotiation uh, it, just speaking of being experts on mortgage and divorce together, I was able to correct the largest credit union in Milwaukee huh. on the ability to pay off a soon-to-be ex-spouse using equity in the home. Oh, yeah. Because they thought that it was capped at 80% of the value. Nay, nay, nay. If it's written down in your signed marital settlement agreement, we can go up to 95% of the value of the home to get that money that might be due to your soon-to-be ex-spouse. Okay, so, yeah, because normally when you're taking a cash-out refinance, the most you can go to is 80% of the value, but when you're paying an ex-spouse, it doesn't count as a cash-out refinance. But the rule is the 
borrowing spouse who's Can't doing that a repayment. nickel. Not a nickel. Cannot walk away with a nickel. But One other quick thing about this topic. If a person is uh, going to have to pay child support as a result of a divorce settlement, that counts as a debt. So I said, well, let's take some person who's making $10,000, and let's say that they have to pay the other person $3,500 in child support. <clears throat> they can only afford other debts than if they come to get a mortgage of about $500 a month. We have to treat the child support like a car like payment. Like a car payment. Yeah. Right? So all of a sudden you have a 35% debt ratio. Let's say you only want to go to 40%, or maybe you want to go to 45%, which is the typical limit. Hey, great, you could have a $1,000 house payment. That's not much, plus your car and whatever else debt you have. Mm -hmm. If, however, that um, monthly obligation is instead cast as family support, which is or family maintenance instead of child support, then... All, all we have to do is lop it off your income before we do any ciphering as a mortgage lender. Then you could afford, by my calculation, a $2,500 per month house payment. So it so sounds like the details matter. And maybe before you finalize that marital settlement agreement, you want to be talking to a mortgage guy. Yeah. In addition to your divorce attorney, we should go on a quest to educate divorce attorneys, too, about this topic. There you go. All right. When we come back, what do you want to talk about, David? I forget what our other topic is here. Uh, we'll decide. We'll flip a coin when we come back. I've got All a right, question, got a though, before we break, time. if I may. Where do you suggest yeah, yeah. that, you know, when you're working with couples going through a separation divorce, where's a good neutral place to work this out? My question is, if you meet in the home, is there too emotional attachment to it in order to make these difficult decisions, guys? I... That's we should ask a divorce attorney that question. My my guess, Mark, is that you're barking up a correct tree that probably doing it in the home is not the Looks best. Charged. Yeah. Maybe do it at the attorney's office. Yeah. I okay. guess it depends on the individual circumstances. You know, if the couple's agreeable and amenable and kind of friendly, that's one thing. If it's all gonna be a struggle, then yeah, definitely through the attorneys. Yeah, that's a good question. Hey, oh I know what it is. I got a I this is a holdover from last week. Yeah. A person who is interested in buying a group home. Oh. Uh, we'll tell you that story when we come back. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And we're back with Brian and David. This has been a great show, guys. A lot of helpful stuff. A lot of helpful stuff. Yeah, we're here to help people. Absolutely. So this is an interesting story from a couple weeks ago. Uh, one of our senior loan consultants got a call from a radio listener. I think a WTMJ radio listener, as a matter of fact, interested in purchasing the single family home next door to his primary residence. Um that is currently a group home okay so that's where you know you are licensed to take care of adults and i think you could typically have like four or five people in there and so on and so forth and so he has a family member that's kind of in that line of work and he's thinking this would be great because you can get a lot higher rent it's not like just a regular single family home and so we do have i'm going to call it a what's not quite as slim as slim but we have a chance of getting the loan approved, but you know we have to have an appraisal done. Yeah, and while it would be great if the appraiser, and this is not like in Milwaukee or Waukesha County, it's in an outlying county, so it'd be great if Barron the appraiser, county? not Barron, it would be great if the um, appraiser could find a comp, a comparable sale that was also a group home. Yeah, but I doubt it. 
So uh, you never know. So anyway, so it's going to have to appraise as a single family home. But here's the part of the story that I wanted to bring up for everybody. In the course of doing any application, we ask people, where's the down payment going to come from? And the guys can put a lot down, 20, 25% down, something like that. And the answer was, well, I can get the money anytime. And it's a significant amount of the money, like $65,000 or something. So again, well, we need to know where it's coming from. Well, I'm going to get it from my employer. Oh, okay. Well, is it a gift? Oh, wait, you can't have a gift as a source of down payment. Is it going to be income to you? Or are you all of a sudden going to have, well, no, it turns out it's actually going to be a loan. Mm. But he says, well, don't worry. I'll deposit it like tomorrow. And I'm really not going to probably buy this property until 2019. So by the time you need the bank statements, you won't see this giant deposit. Let me tell you about the fraud I'm going to commit. Yeah, well, and so that's the conversation we had. I called the guy back because that was brought to my attention as the chief anti-fraud person. Yeah. And so I had a very nice conversation with the guy and said, we cannot unknow the fact that you're getting this from your employer. And it looks and sounds like a loan. Is it a loan? Yeah, it's a loan. Talks like a duck. So, sir, you don't want to commit a felony. Yeah, or 30 years or a million dollars. 30 years in jail because mortgage fraud is a federal felony. Yeah. And you can be put in prison for 30 years and pay up to a million dollar fine. So there's no reason to do that. Here's an alternative way that you can do this. Your employer can make you a loan because he is, mm-hmm. but you can document it as a loan as long as it is secured by something. And it could be secured as a second mortgage against your primary residence perfectly oh, legit there you go so a source of down payment uh allowable, borrowed funds secured borrowed funds is allowable unsecured borrowed funds no, 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 no. no a gift not on an investment property you can gift money all day every day on a primary residence but not on a not on an investment property so now i'm just trying to scare up which reminds me i got to do this i got to find him a blank mortgage i don't think that's a problem but a blank note Mm. and then they just have to execute that and record the mortgage uh which costs 30 bucks and voila we have turned a fraudulent situation into a honest one the point is you gotta tell the truth on mortgages we are battling a possible repurchase of a mortgage right now where the borrower decided that even though he was laid off from his job he's on severance that it was okay because he had another job lined up in the same line of work. And he took that upon himself to think that that was okay. And turns out Fannie Mae found out. And now there's we're going through this big tussle of whether or not Fannie Mae is going to make the servicer buy the loan back and acting to buy the loan back. So tell the truth because in that case, uh, we could sue the borrower for damages, which I estimate would be about $20,000 for committing fraud or for clothes on them because that's another or both. thing you can do uh, in that situation. All right. When we come back in the last segment of the show, I remember what it was, tapping into retirement money for down payment. How much can you take out of your retirement as a first-time home buyer without incurring any tax or penalty? Talk to a buyer who had gotten the wrong answer from his financial advisor, and we'll cover that information right after this. And you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Find a place to call home. Without the headache, this is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, Brian and David, back to you guys. All right, so I uh, got a call from a, a borrower who has an accepted offer, first-time home buyer, 
and uh, planning to put 17% down, which is kind of an odd number, and it's because he was aiming for $50,000 on the purchase of a property that uh, is selling for $292,000. And it started out with a conversation of, hey, I'm kind of thinking about putting, you know, 20% down so I can avoid PMI, private mortgage insurance, altogether, and I don't think I want to ask her for taxes. If you put less than 20% down... You're going to pay some type of private mortgage insurance, either in the form of a little higher interest rate or a monthly PMI premium. Mm-hmm. And if you put less than 20% down, you have to ask her for taxes. So that was the nature of the question to me because he had gotten disclosures reflecting his primary plan of just putting the $50,000 down. So, hey, do, do I still have that option? That was a question. Mm-hmm. And so I got back to him and said, sure. But, you know, if you want to change to a full 20% down, you know, knock yourself out, go ahead, but still sign what you have, and then we can do a changed circumstance letter when you tell us you want to put more money down, and we just send you revised disclosures. Mm -hmm. But then that caused me to pop the hood on his information, because I was not the loan consultant on this deal. I was just fielding the question. And I started looking at where is he going to get his money from? Well, it turns out, some from his checking account, but he had a lot of money in a Roth IRA. So, David, what are the three type, two types of IRAs are? Well, traditional and Roth IRA, as you're describing it. One is pre-tax, traditional, and one is post-tax, Roth. Okay. Which is named after a guy, by the way. Yeah, uh, U.S. Congressman Yeah, Roth. Senator Roth. Senator Roth. And then the other thing is a 401k, all right? And so I had remembered something from a couple of weeks ago, which is there is a limit. So let's just pretend that he was going to take $20,000 out of his Roth IRA. So I just did a quick Google search to confirm my suspicion, which sure enough, there is a limit of $10,000 that first-time homebuyers can take out of their Roth IRA or their regular IRA Mm -hmm. and not incur the penalty of 10%. And so I emailed this guy and said, hey, you know, if you take out 20 grand, you're going to have to pay $2,000 of penalty on that second 10 grand you're going to take out. To which he said, what? I, well, and I, I think I called him. I called him. And, and he said, my financial advisor didn't tell me that. I thought it was unlimited. Well, it's like, hey, I'm going to send you the link to the IRS code mm-hmm. that clearly lays out that it is a penalty, you have to pay a 10% penalty. I said, I really think you'd be better off paying the PMI, yeah. uh, which was going to only last for like two years because he was making such a big down payment. So I quickly calculated, hey, you're going to pay like $950 of monthly PMI before it drops off. That's less than $2,000. Last time I checked. And in fact, I said, maybe you want to decrease your down payment, right, so that you pay less penalty overall because that is money right out the window yes you're never going to get that back and then i brought up you know the fact that if you leave it in the roth uh the beauty of it is it's going to grow tax free yeah and i think the guy's like 35 years old so i said for the next 40 years yeah the money that you don't take out of the roth is going to have a chance to compound tax free for four decades that is super powerful so he's thinking about it um <clears throat> you know, as to which way he's going to go. You, what was the answer to the question when we teased the show? Oh, yeah. Um, the, the question was, what percentage of Americans, according to Fidelity, so this is probably just people who have Fidelity mm-hmm. uh, 401k plans, 
What percentage of Americans with 401k plans have a loan against the plan? Mark, do you want to weigh in on this? 20%, 25%, or 33%? Have I would loans say t- against their 401 You go ahead, David. Uh, I said a third. I'm sorry. I, I would say 25. Am I close? And the answer is 20. 20%. 20.6%. So was half. you guys are, yeah, more pessimistic. I thought 20% was high. Yeah. So it, it's, it's also just, assuming you have a 401k balance, too. That's right. So now um, the true statement about 401ks used for down payments to buy a first home, there is no free lunch there. If you actually withdraw the money out of a 401k and you're not 59 and a half, you're going to pay the 10% penalty and you're going to pay the income tax. Now, if you borrow the money, that's no problem. Okay, and then if you're going to use your 401k, your friendly lender is going to have to get, what is it called, David? The summary plan document. The constitution of your 401k to make sure you are allowed to take withdrawals or take a loan, blah, blah, blah. All right, that's all the time we have for today. It's still a good time to buy a home, even though it's drizzling and could be what they call that wintry mix today. No problem. Get out there and buy a home. Let us help you with a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval. People who get rock-solid get more accepted offers than people that are just out there shopping with flimsy bank pre-approvals because it proves you are serious. All you got to do is click on the blue button at acunet.com. That's A-C-C-U-N-E-T dot com. See you next week, Mark. Oh, we enjoyed it. Thank you so much, guys, for your helpful advice. WTMJ News Time 1058 on WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.